Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. In honor of your name, Lord, we pray that you will celebrate yourself in our midst. Thank you, faithful Father. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Praise the Lord. Let us have our seat. God bless us all in the name of Jesus Christ. Just want to welcome everyone who's joining for the first time. And may God bless and increase all of us in the name of Jesus. I, you know, might take us a stretch of two weeks, but I, before we get to next week as we prepare for the fast, I just feel that there are, I feel as God is laid in my heart, there are things that we should kind of discuss. And, you know, as we position ourselves well. You know, when we talk about grace, no matter what kind of denomination you fall under, or, or faith, or confession, or however, you know, it is being spoken about, we all end our service as we share the grace. So, and that's grace that we actually teach, or sorry, that we speak about as we share is actually found in scriptures. You know, Paul, Paul was shared as a benediction as he was, as he was signing off one of his letters. Second Corinthians chapter 13 verse 14 says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet, uh, sorry, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. We put sweets there, but amen. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So it seems like it is something tangible that is being left. And it is important that, you know, but, but one of the challenges as the body of Christ keeps evolving over the years, just like any other thing, at times we are left with the traditions and not the understanding of what it may be. Like, for example, we have a, a way of greeting ourselves, you know, for those who are, I guess, the new generation does, but, you know, when a, a group of Christians meet, they would say, ah, may I see you if God um, tarries. I think so. And in those days, you know, when they, were seeing, when they were saying those things, they meant because they were of the opinion that they may not even see again after that service. So that was why they were doing those kind of things. It wasn't just, but now it is more like um, a greeting. In fact, in those days, when you read the church history, you discover that at those days, you know, the, 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 uh, there was a time when they were saying that the expectation, the life expectation of expectancy after you give your life to Christ about three and a half, five years, because they are crucified. If you go to Italy, you see, see the Colosseum where Christians were slaughtered where they were used as poles to set up light. So what I'm trying to say, so when they say that, ah, if God tarries, basically what they are saying is that, I don't know, but we will see on the other side. But I guess those things have become just a greeting. And so as we look at grace, it's important that we, we try to kind of understand what is this tangible thing that God is, that the, the fathers of the faith and the scriptures 
begin to say, you know, before you leave, do this. Share the grace as you go on. And, you know, it's, it's, it, 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 is, it is interesting, you know, and it is right to a point. It is definitely right when somebody is defining, when somebody is defining uh, grace. If I ask you, what is the understanding, what is grace? People will say it's unmerited favor or unmerited ability, and it's all right. But the question now that should follow that is that what do you think you merit? Because if you don't understand what you don't merit, you will not understand, you will not see, you will not, you will not understand or see grace when you see it. Does that make sense? So if grace is unmerited favor, the question is that what do I understand by what I merit? Because if grace is released, I may take grace as my own ability because I believe there are certain things I merit. Or there are certain things that that I can, you know, that I can I, I, I can make do it. Now, this is one of the challenges is that especially when you come into the kingdom of God and you are you give your life to Christ, it is there is actually nothing you would be able to do that suits God except by grace. It is not, that's why, that's what Jesus was saying, Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. He didn't say that you can try. He said you can do nothing. I was thinking about something this morning. See, at times, and you know, I guess it's the way we've been um, God has been portrayed to us is that it seems like you are giving God something. Like, for example, maybe I'm giving him my praise. I'm giving him, you know, uh, my presence. I'm giving him my time. But that has a little bit of connotation in that statement that God is in need. But actually, he is not in need. He told them, he said, if I were going to kill animals, I can kill a thousand of them. So I don't need anything. Now, the understanding of that knows that if I'm going to give somebody something they don't need, I would rather give them what they ask me to give them rather than what I think is right for them. Does this make sense? Yeah. And I was talking about it during the crossover. That, you know, and I'm, I'm not talking, people quickly think about money. That's what I'm talking about. Even if you give God sacrifice in a way he has not demanded for, for of it, he doesn't need it. He doesn't need it. I know, I know the song that says, we'll worship God anyhow. No, that's not scriptures. It feels good, but that's not scriptures. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So as we as we try to, I just wanted to point out, you know, the Bible, the Bible talks about manifold expression of grace. So grace is grace is is beyond only covering up, you know, um, you know, maybe some somebody is doing something wrong. And God is just saying, no, you know, I just I, I give you grace. As as we begin to see, you know, the Bible says in John, uh, sorry, uh, Genesis chapter, let's go to Genesis, please. Genesis chapter six, verse seven to nine. The Bible says, so the Lord destroyed um, the man whom He had created on the face of the heart. 
and all the beasts and things like that. Now let's go to verse 8. The Bible says, please understand that I have highlighted it today, emphasis on it is not how scripture highlights it. But the Bible says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And you would think that for Noah to, to, to depend on grace, to be able to escape the destruction of God, you would think it is because he is right. But the Bible says that uh, because he's, he's wrong, so he needs, he needs favor. But the Bible now went on and says, this is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generation. So, what the Bible is saying is that even at his level, at his best, he could not escape except grace came upon him. Does this make sense? So I'm kindly starting us off, not pushing us away, starting us off from the grace that we kind of see and we say, you know, because, because if that is the grace, then that means that when we are sharing grace all the time, we are saying, go and misbehave, grace is on you. But the Bible says that even on top of that which you can classify as a perfect man to escape the destruction, he needed grace. He needed grace. And when we begin to see how John was describing Jesus to us, he began to describe him in John chapter 1, verse 14 to 16. Verse 14 to 16. The Bible says the word became flesh. So that means that Jesus, the word of God, became human. And he said, he dwelt among us. We, we have seen his glory and the glory of the Son of God. From the Father. He now said, we discovered something. Is that he is full of grace. That means that as Jesus was walking the face of the earth, there was something that he had embedded inside of him. The Bible calls it grace. The Bible says grace and truth and John bore witness of him. And he went and he said he was, um, you know, I, let's go to verse 16. Just The Bible now says of his fullness. The Bible says he's full of grace. The Bible now says of that fullness is what we are now receiving. So that means grace is the impartation of God's nature into you. The only way that Noah could escape is by God impacting his, his nature, what God, what Christ is full of into him. Now, he now began to say grace upon grace. What he's saying is this, is that you will never, as long as you want to follow God, you will never be, there will never be a time when you don't need grace. It is, it is impossible for you, to, for you to fulfill or to go through that which God has planned for you without grace. In fact, when, Paul, when Peter was going to talk about it, Peter was saying that, you know, the only way to escape 
and so that you don't, you, we, me and you don't, don't, you know, don't fall, don't lose our security. Let's just say Second Peter, please. Second Peter, chapter three, verse seventeen to eighteen. He said, "You already know these things, dear friends. So be on guard. Then you will not be carried away by errors of the of, of these wicked people, and lose your own secure footing." He said. I know that you are secured. But he's saying that rather you need to keep growing in grace. That means that your and we will talk about that as the way to grow in grace. That's why John was saying we need grace upon grace. And he was saying that the only way for us to maintain our secure position is by grace. So that means, as a Christian, it is actually impossible to be able to maintain your stand, your life with God, except grace is given. Except grace is given. And there are, see, at times, people see effect of grace, and they rightfully may call it grace, but actually it is an effect. As we begin to see certain things, see, the ability to learn to, to understand certain prayers to pray, it is grace. Because you will never be able to do anything in this kingdom of God except by grace. The Bible says that some people ask and they do not receive because they do not ask in accordance. It's not that they were, they were not willing to pray, but understanding never came. So when somebody is doing something and things are, you say, ah, that person is having grace. No, the grace actually, the opening, the highest opening to understanding of certain prayers to pray. For it to happen. Does that make sense? So, there are ways by which, you know, the Bible says that grace is multiplied to us. So, part of the channels you will see in scriptures is the way grace grows is by, through the word, as you embed your life in the word, as you begin to, you know, as you build your altar of prayer, grace is released. To you, Second Peter chapter one verse two, the Bible says, "Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge." So that means that one of the avenues for you and I to keep growing in grace is having a deeper knowledge of scriptures. That is an avenue of grace. That is an avenue of grace. Now, and you would see the other time when the book of Acts talks about the, the apostles gathered and they prayed and, 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 and great grace was upon them all. I will just say three quick ones. One, obedience. Two, prayers. Three, the word. Four, fellowship. That's why when they finish fellowship, they share the grace. Because it's an opportunity for grace to gather. 
for grace together. Now, because I'm just trying to just um, point us directly, you know, as we look into uh, into the scriptures to really see how grace operates. You know, the Bible says, you know, um, um, uh, Paul was talking when when God said that, you know, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9, the Bible says, he said, he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. So what grace is, is that when the limitation of a human being comes to a point, grace is what kicks in. Grace is what, is what kicks in. So he says that for my, he said, this is how grace is for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Now, I've explained it to us at the time that as a human being, because of our falling nature, you are already, we are already short. That's why the Bible says, for all I've seen are called short. It is a song. If I David clarified it, he said, in my mother's womb, I'm already born disadvantaged. So the Bible is saying is that is, is that suffi- he said he said, My grace is sufficient for you. And now one of the challenges in this, as we look at this scripture as well, is that do you understand your weakness as a human being? The, the, the challenge is that even the things that you think you know how to do, they are weaknesses for God. The Bible says you do not know how to pray. Remember, I said that one weakness. Some people, ah, I'm prayer warrior. I said, no. <laughs> That's not how it works. Even that prayer altar means grace. Until when we and we will begin to, to to see now, grace does not say that you do not now for grace to function. It functions through your through your commitment and your body. So let's say, for example, I am praying. You no, know, the Bible did not say we don't know how to pray, but the Holy Spirit prays through us. It did not say don't pray, but as you continue in the journey of prayer, grace is released. On that altar of prayer. And we begin to see that um, when we read um, uh, Acts chapter 4, verse 33, the Bible says to us, it says, it says, uh, Paul, uh, Paul, he said, he said, with great, sorry, the Bible says that, uh, this is about the apostles, the Bible says, with great power, the apostles continue to testify the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And the grace of God was so powerful at work in them. That what I this is where I'm going to say in them. So as you partner with God, grace is released. As you partner with God, grace is released. And you will always see 
What I'm trying to say, you would always see, I'm trying to lay an emphasis on the fact that grace is not the favor that God gives you and me is that you do not merit my power. You do not merit my nature. <coughs> but by my mercy, I release that grace upon you. Because you begin to see the interplay or the, the movement of grace and power as the Bible begins to describe it going forward. Grace is not a position of weakness. Grace is actually the ability of God released upon a human being. And when we, when we, when we look at that scriptures, Acts chapter eight, 6 verse 8, we will see that Stephen also, the Bible says, the man is now Stephen, a man of, a man of, a man full of God's grace and power. Because when a human strength comes to a point, what continues in that journey is grace. Now, as we begin to grow in grace, grace gives us the ability to say no to certain things. When somebody is living in an ungodly generation, when we are living in an ungodly generation that we are here, grace is what makes it available for you and I to be able to say no to certain things. Second Peter, sorry, Titus, please. Titus chapter 2. The Bible says, teach slaves to be subject to their masters in everything. Ah! How many of us, please, uh, let me kind of clarify a little bit. The way the Bible, I know that there is some school of thoughts of slavery and scriptures and things like that. Especially in Bible days, as the pattern that God has given to the Jews, slavery is a different body than the slavery you see in British and DC food. But at times when people don't understand, in Bible slavery, there is one thing they call bond slave, a bond slave. A bond slave is somebody who has served their time. The master said, go, and he said, no, I will stay. That's why you see when Paul will introduce himself, he will say, I, a bond servant, or a bond slave. What Paul is saying is that is God is not forcing me. I have willingly released my life to him. Does that make sense? Because when God captured him on the way to, on the way to Antioch, and he said, after that, after all those drama, Paul said, no. That's why I said, what can separate me from the love of God? It is not so. So you say, ah, it is strong hand that God used to take Paul. No. At that strong hand, God gave Paul the opportunity to walk away. But Paul said, no, I have become a born servant. I am a born slave. God help us with you. So what I'm trying to say is that, so to have to say to, to, to us today, because I know there's a lot of things going on about slavery and scriptures, it is lack of history that jumps those things together. But having said that, he said that he said he said 
he said, he said, he will subject to your master in everything. Now, again, please also know that at times some of these people are not Jews. They are also, what the Bible is saying that in every situation, these are rules, in every situation that you find, you know, when, when you've even in places that seem more comfortable and God has sent you there for it, the Bible says, obey your master. I said, try to please them, not talk back at them. And he said, not, and not steal from them. They need to read that scriptures louder in some countries. Amen. <laughs> yeah, the Bible says that it says to show that the, sorry, to show that they can be fully trusted, to show that they can be fully trusted, so that in every way they may make the teaching about God our Savior attractive. Some of us, the reason why some people will never be Christians is because of Christians. You know, um, somebody that is always <laughs> that, he, that was a man, a, a, a very you know, a good businessman, and he was saying that well, the problem I have about this person is that when it is time to work, that is when they are sharing sharing scripture. They want to talk to this person. They want to pray for that person. At the end of the day, I'm not saying they cannot do it in their break time. They can do it in their located time. But not when work is there. And you say that is the time you want to cast out the monster. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> Let's come on, please. And the Bible says, For the grace of God has appeared to all, offering salvation to all. And it teaches us to say no to ungodliness. What he's saying is that the ability to, to, to do the things that he said, it is found in grace. Grace is not yes to sin. Grace actually teaches us. It empowers us to say no to sin. Please note the way he put it. He said the grace of God has offered salvation to all people. In our way, when I say it teaches us. What is that saying? God the us are those who have received it. The all is everybody. Does that make sense? So what the Bible is saying is that God has is saying, he, he, said, he, said, he has given us grace. Grace actually teaches me to say no to ungodliness. I was talking to somebody, I was talking, was it the, the cause of us when I was saying that, you know, some people will say that, you know, I, I'll say that when the Bible says that you will not be tempted beyond your ability. The problem is that we don't know where grace is released to us in that position. So, like, like the example I gave, I see a girl in church and I like her and I say, Oh, do I married? So I say that, you know, let's meet somewhere else. Do you know the first appearance of grace? The Spirit of God will say, Why are you doing that? That is grace teaching you to say no. You now fix the date. As you are driving there, the Spirit of God is saying, where are you going? You say no. You get to the reception. Book room. The Spirit is saying, are you really doing this? I met the girl. We sat down. The Spirit is saying, are you sure? And later, you now come and say, ah, I fail. How? 
you know. It's as if you are saying, I'm about to follow. People, I'm about to follow. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's. What have I ignored? The grace of God that is saying, say no. At times we have not under we have not realized or identified grace in such a way that the grace of God is kept being released to us on a daily basis. But what we keep saying is, I know. But what you what we term as grace is that when I do it, grace of God will cover me. Whereas grace is actually shouting. No. The Bible says, he said, he said to note on godliness and passion and, and to live to live a self-controlled life. To live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present world. Basically, it's not in heaven. By the time you get to heaven, no need for grace. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm just going to just come to other aspects as we, to, for, you to, for me to come to a point where we see that, you know, it is grace that can make anything happen. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 9 to 10. Uh, verse 9 to 10, he said, For I am the least of the apostles, and do not deserve to be called an apostle, for I, I persecuted the church. But by grace, but by the grace of God, I am what I have. His grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God. One thing to note is that another version will tell you, I did not receive the grace in vain. That means somebody can receive grace and receive it in vain. How do I receive grace in vain? Is that when I do not walk, release myself and my faith to exercise that grace to begin to walk. Now let's see how, let me just give two examples of grace and how it works as we as of examples and how we go as, as we come to prayer together. When we go to Acts chapter 14, you will see that Paul, because of our time, Paul was went to Lystra and people loved them. In fact, the Bible says that the people began to fall at their feet when they were doing signs and wonders. They said, ah, these men are gods. Paul had to, the apostle had to tear their clothes and say, excuse me, we are human like you. Don't call us gods. So what, what will you call it? They are celebrities. In that place. They were celebrated. Guess what happened? Verse 19. Go to verse 13, please. The, the, uh, 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 he said, then some Jews came from Antioch. Basically, they warned this, the people over. The same people that were saying, ah, these men are gods. They warned them over and they stoned Paul 
and dragged him outside the city, thinking he was dead. The same people that were saying, ah, power of God. <laughs> Within the same period of time, they took stone and stoned him. The Bible says, please note that there is no third road in those days. So when they were dragging they were dragging him on the floor. He didn't have paddle. His body would be bruised. In fact, the only reason why they left him is that they said he was dead. I want you to picture that as a human being. And the Bible now said, but after the disciples gathered around him, he got up. And he went back into the city the next day. He went, he went back to the city. The next day, he and Barabbas went to the went left for David. And they preached the gospel. Please. <laughs> when Paul said, it is grace that is pushing me. Have you ever seen? I know. <laughs> they just stoned you. You were dead. They dragged you. Ah. God understands all these things. Ah. I thought I suffered for Jesus. It's okay. So who's that? It's not me that killed Jesus. <laughs> That's where Paul was saying, even though I labored, what you saw walking inside my body is grace. When my body could not go further, it was grace that rose me up the next day and made me go and preach as if nothing had happened to me. Please note that they did not perform miracle. It wasn't that the whole body, it was in pain. But yet in that pain, there was a grace that kept him going. You might be going through certain situations this year as God, as the devil is trying to drag you along. It is grace that will still make you function like any other person and not go under. And the Bible is saying that, it's saying that, it said, if they preached the gospel in the city and won a large number of disciples, then they returned to where? Lystra, where he was coming from. And I come here and Antioch. Let's go on, please. Strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. We must go through hardship to enter the kingdom of God. Please excuse me. Who should they be encouraging? The one that they beat two days ago. Not they beat. They stoned, they dragged out of the city. It should be the one that will say, thank you for your call. Thank you for encouraging me. Ah, you didn't call me. With all the things I went through. I thought you were my friend, but you didn't call. Ah, no, I have seen now. This is now, this is how you know bad people. And people who love you by high school, they don't love you in the house.
grace will not make him see those things. Paul, <laughs> I don't know how he will look like. But what I know is that in those days there was no hard road. Have you seen how they killed Samuel Do? Do you know who they call Samuel Do? They dragged him. I think they did that for uh, Saddam. I'm not sure. But he, he so with all the bruises on his body, that is why he had. He always had Luke with him. Luke is a medical doctor. That's why when Paul writes, Paul will talk about Luke, because he needed bandaging. And he was sitting there and saying, ah, don't worry. The Bible says he was encouraging them. He was the one being, he was the one being active. That is what grace does to you once you embrace the grace of God. Situations will happen. It would be like you were not the one. And this is not trying to put up a bold face. Because something else was triggering him as he went along. This year, what you and I need is grace. The grace to be able to move on even when things seem like it doesn't make sense. And the Bible says, Paul and their appointed leaders and things like that, but he said, they had one encouraging Said, ah, no, 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 you must remain true. Don't because of what's happening to us say that you don't believe in Jesus. And I looked at myself and I said, ah, hey, you have to come by you and say, ah, by you. Pastor Jetty look me right. Sorry for this last time. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's why Paul said, what you see functioning in us is grace. That's why John the Baptist said, out of his fullness, we have received grace. Because Jesus, even on the way to the cross, he still remembered to say, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. Excuse me. You are like, how old are you? These men are all who. See how they beat me. Now they didn't know what they do. What if I don't know what you are doing? Ah, you want to take me for a fool? No, no, no. I know what I saw. You. The first thing was I climbed the cross. Ah. Send me. God destroy me. <laughs> but because he was full of the ability of God, he could walk over those things. You could walk over those things. Let's quickly go. Let's look at the, the John, John, please. John chapter 1. Now, this is John talking, and I'm going to end with John. John was saying, out of his fullness have we all received. So what is John saying? John is saying, I too, as John, it is grace that I need to be able to function. 
This is a man that had to go and start his ministry in the wilderness. Where the holy people had to come. That means for him to function in that way. Even when all hopes are lost, is grace. And see the, see the recommendation that Jesus gave to John. John said, what, what, what you are seeing me achieve, it is by grace. Let's go to Matthew, please, and see quickly as Jesus. The Jesus that said, he said, I truly, I tell you, among those born of, of, of women, there is no one that has risen greater than John the Baptist. Yet, is the least in the kingdom of heaven. The least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than him. What Jesus is saying is that when you are looking for great people, John is one. And John was saying, what you call great is grace. I have received grace. Paul said, I, I have learned to receive grace upon grace. See, there are so many things in my mind as a person and as a pastor that, you know, as God gives me grace, I, I have to come to a point as a God, I need grace. Because, see, there are places that God is, going, God is going to take us to in life, in this country, but it is grace that will make you be able to stand in those places and still stand for God. We have, I have prayers that I'm praying over and I'm saying, God, the only thing that can make a difference now is grace. Because I have come to a point where I have not been beaten. <laughs> but I have almost said, like, wait, sir, you know, when God said, my, 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 my grace is sufficient for you. In your weakness, ah, the man that they beat on stone, he's weak. <laughs> <laughs> he is weak. So the Bible says, as we close on that, the scripture we started off. Hebrews chapter 4. The Bible says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold on to our confession. At times, you are about to just give up. He said, for we do not have a high priest who is not unable to sympathize with our weakness. So the Bible is saying, Jesus understands your limitation as a human being. He understands what, where you are. But the Bible now says, but he was said that no The Bible now went to the verse. He said, let us Approach the throne of grace. So the Bible says we have an high priest. Who, it's not that he doesn't, he understands your weaknesses. He said, let us go on to the throne of grace with confidence that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. Jesus may understand your weakness, but are you ready to approach approach him and say, Lord, I need grace. This scripture tells us grace is not for the people who are, grace is for people who, who know that they have weaknesses. Maybe you've been praying for something for long and all I just need is just grace. 
because my weakness is obvious. Maybe as a father, I have tried so much, but my weakness is obvious. Maybe as a Christian, I stood in the place of prayer, believing God for something, and I'm almost giving up. The Bible says, we have an high priest who understands. He doesn't understand it. The Bible says he sympathizes. But his sympathy will not be able to do much except you and I approach the throne of grace for mercy. Does that make sense? Can we rise up, please? Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.